When I was uh, ordained, my, that day of my ordination, uh, May 21st, 1994, uh, it's such a surreal experience. And, you know, it's, I, I'm sure it's, it can in some way, in a certain sense, too, uh, when you get married. And it's like you realize you're making this major, major step. And it's in front of all these people and before God and... It's definitive, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the uh, the reaction I had, though, after all those years of study and and feeling myself to be extremely fortunate to be in that situation, it's like of all the people that God would, you know, choose. You know, in my own mind, I'm thinking I would be the last, and there I was. And I just remember after it was all over, like the ceremony, and they had to stay in the church for the, my classmates and I. Uh, the three guys I was ordained with, and we had to stay for pictures. And so we're looking up on the, we're on the steps there at St. Peter Cathedral in Rockford, and we're looking out at this empty church. Everybody else has left, and they're in the hall downstairs waiting for us to come down for lunch and celebration. And, and I'm, I'm just looking out, and, and the, the, the thought that came to me, unbidden, was, what have you done? What, <laughs> what possessed you to think? <laughs> that this was an option for you, huh? And uh, it was crazy. And and I, I was like, I said a quick prayer that that was that sort of wasn't going to be uh, buyer's remorse there, you know. And uh, so I, I start with that. And all I can say is that it's it's been an extraordinary life, right? And you know, as a as a priest, I I might have uh, bad moments, but I don't have bad days. Not that bad things haven't happened, they have. And not challenging things haven't happened, they have. Not that I've struggled, I haven't struggled, I have. Uh, but, you know, the Lord has blessed me entirely, and He's blessed you. See, the reason why I bring this up is I, uh, not too long ago, a friend of mine, a uh, priest friend of mine, uh, in a diocese far away from here, um, uh, let me know that he was uh, taking some time off. And it would be the last person I would think of doing that. Just, and and he, uh, I said, you know, what, what what's this all about? And he said, well, you know, there's, uh, I got no gas left in the tank. That's what he said. I got no gas left in my tank. And I wonder how that happens. You know, I, you know, I, I don't wonder. I know how it happens. And things happen. We, we lose enthusiasm for the project. We have a bad day, and all of a sudden we have, it stretches out to a bad week. Or maybe we stop praying. Maybe uh, we get discouraged. Maybe just the events of daily life, especially in the world we live in now, are just too much. Whatever it is. But we've got to keep the, the tank filled up, brothers and sisters. There's too much going on. Too much, there's too much riding on our success. How's your tank doing? Right. Is it full? Is it empty? So I, I guess listening to uh, these readings today, what, you know what I love is, is Peter who is the biggest screw-up of them all. You know, denied him and made a mess of everything. 
did you hear that this morning, this afternoon, excuse me? He's, he's out there and he's preaching. And it's bold and it's, it's, it's makes sense and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's connecting all the dots. And, and he's saying, you guys, this is the best, best part. You guys did it. You guys put Jesus up there. <laughs> is that how you win your audience, right? <laughs> I just, and the thing is, he speaks from his own experience. He knows what he's talking about. You murdered him, it says. Yeah. Now he goes, I know you acted out of ignorance. This is beautiful. But God has thus brought to fulfillment what he has announced. So, because God has used you to work his plan, be converted. That your sins may be wiped away. It's beautiful. This is, the, this is the answer. Now Jesus goes and he stands in front of all these guys who just fled from him. And is he, is he yelling at them? He's like, stop your unbelief. Whatever this is, it's done. It's over. It's time to get busy. Look at this. Look at me. I've got something for you. I'm blessing you. I'm filling you with my life. You abandoned me. Those Peter, 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 those people Peter is preaching to <laughs> are, are, are just as guilty. He was guilty. And yet now he's filled with joy and, and this power and this purpose. He got his tank filled up. He figured it out. Figure it out. The world needs you and me. And they don't need us out there whining and complaining. And they don't need us out there weak in our faith. They need us praying. They need us confessing. They need us hoping. They need us believing. What Jesus has done for us matters, and it can change our families. It can change our world, right? They need you. You're guilty. I'm guilty. Go to confession. That's what the second reading is about. Confess your sins. Get over it. And don't for think for a minute just because you sin that you're not worthy. It's like me standing up there. What have I done? I shouldn't be here. Who's the Lord to, to how, how is he going to use me? And who am I to ask that question? He's got a plan for you. He knows you're messed up. He knows you're a sinner. He knows you've got problems. He knows your faith is weak. But you're here, and he's going to give you his, his body, blood, soul, and divinity for a reason. It is because you're great. He's not here to tickle your ears and tell you how awesome you are. He's here to tell you that in spite of everything, he's got a plan for you. He needs you. He loves you. He forgives you. And he wants you to have his power. Because without it, you can't do what you're supposed to do. And it's not about being worthy. Lord, I am not worthy. Just say the word and I, sh I shall be healed. Let him heal you. Let him fill you with his power. 
Let him fill up your tank. Amen? All right, let's stand and pray.